Deck the halls with man-made traditions. Fa la 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 la. Tis the season to be stressed out. Fa la 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 la. Down we now our credit card apparel. Fa la 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 la. Troll and compare with others on Facebook. Fa la 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 la. Welcome back to Free to Just Be, the podcast attempting to identify and pluck out those pesky matrix attachments so together, humanity, we can learn how to step back into our power. And this here is the hippie freak of the South, Terry Wilson, sending love, light, prayer, and high, high vibrations in your direction this morning. And I hope my voice finds you in great health with vibrant energy every day you choose to take care of your body. And I hope that if my content resonates with y'all, that you would please, please, please take the time to click that like button on whatever platform you're listening to this podcast. Welcome back uh, to our Friday edition where we look at things that are good, that have been twisted and turned into freakiness. And today we're going to talk about deprogramming the holidays. Yeah, it's, uh, it's not all just laughter and joy for everybody on the planet. And I, I can really only speak for the United States of America on, on the topic of the Christmas season and how um, diluted and how commercialized it's become. But all around the country, all around the world, there are different traditions wrapped around the Christmas season. Take, for example, in Sweden. Now, Sweden, what they have is they have a giant version of their traditional Swedish Yule goat. Now, who would have figured a goat representing the Yule season? And it's erected in Castle Square, and it's made of straw, and it usually stands. It's a big-ass thing. It's like 13 meters tall. And the goat has become famous for being destroyed in arson attacks. It has been burned down no less than 21 times. How about in Austria? Uh, it's said in Austria that St. Nicholas rewards the good children while a terrifying half-goat, half-demon creature known as Krampus punishes the bad. And in the first week of December, young men run through the streets dressed as Krampus, Frightening children with clattering bells and chains. Ooh, doesn't that sound good? How about the Yule lads in Iceland? Children in Iceland don't just have Santa Claus's arrival to look forward to. No, no, no. They can expect a visit from 13 trickster trolls over the 13 nights leading up to Christmas. Known as the Yule lads, these mischievous characters are said to leave gifts for the good kids and rotting potatoes for the bad. How about uh, in Norway, where for centuries it's been believed that Christmas Eve coincides with the arrival of evil spirits? 
and many Norwegian households, therefore, hide their brooms before going to sleep to prevent them from being stolen by witches in the night. And how about uh, in the Philippines? In San Fernando, the Christmas capital of the Philippines, the sky is lit up every December for a festive lantern competition. Originally, these lanterns were made from Japanese original um, uh, Japanese origami paper. However, competitors now use a wide variety of materials to build their lanterns up to six meters wide. How fun is that? And last but not least, there's the fried chicken dinner in Japan. Now, in Japan, Christmas is more of a novelty than a religious celebration, but the KFC in Japan has managed to start their own quirky tradition of the country because since 1974, the Colonel's has been promoting his very own Christmas fried chicken meal. So how about that? There are hokey man-made traditions absolutely around the world. But along with them comes all sorts of what we know as free to just beers, false beliefs and programs. So how do you begin to sift through this December stuff? Now, technically, we should have brought this topic up in July, and I may, I may revisit it in the middle of the summer. But for the sake of this year, I want you, if nothing else, humanity, to do just like the hippie freak has been doing for many years now. And that is pondering. You need to sila, pause and ponder, the season. Sila the season. And you need to think about what it is that you really want to emote to your family, especially to your young children, each Christmas. Because whatever it is you do in your household, in your family, with your children, they are going to hold on to. So lead out, especially you younger parents, with exactly what it is you want to leave as your legacy. Now, the hippie freak, oh my goodness, I have been through so many different holiday traditions with seven kids in my family. Um, I'm just going to run through several of the things that we've done. Decorate gingerbread house. Deliver baked goods to neighbors. Go to the Christmas tree farm and cut down your own tree. Oh, one of my favorites when my kids were growing up was volunteering at a soup kitchen or, you know, a um, homeless shelter. We have done ornaments for the tree. We have sponsored children in third world countries. We, of course, have always baked holiday cookies. We've put up lights inside and outside of our house. We went and took pictures with Santa. We would read holiday books every night. Uh, we never went ice skating because uh, that was just never possible. We would watch Christmas movies. They wrote letters to Santa. We used to drink hot cocoa at night. 
Um, now with my grandbabies, uh, tomorrow night is the Christmas parade here in our little middle t- Tennessee town, and we'll bring thermoses of hot cocoa and uh, making handprint ornaments and all these homemade Christmas um, gifts, which are awesome. They, they are awesome ways to teach your children the important values of, of Christmas. But, you know, there really is no proverbial ideal Christmas. I think that's where I really went awry over the years because I have these very fond memories of Christmas. And, and really, my biggest memory of Christmas was my dad setting up the Christmas tree. And he was Scrooge, man. We even, um, somebody in my family even bought him a Scrooge pin and he used to wear it proudly on his shirt. <laughs> and I can remember my dad was, and I talked about this last year, but it's, it's noteworthy this year too. He was such a Christmas, um, advocate. He loved to decorate. He loved to, um, make everything be festive. Uh, we were the family that had the loudspeaker outside of our house and he would play Christmas carols on a, you know, that was back in the day when it was a, a record player. Okay. And I remember my brother, John rest his, his soul in, uh, in heaven. Um, but he one time went in the front porch and threw on a Led Zeppelin tune and oh my goodness, he didn't get, he, he, he got in a lot of trouble for that because neighbors were calling because Led Zeppelin was playing outside the speaker. <laughs> and I also, Really, the thing that I remember the most was everybody was there. Everybody was in the living room. Everybody took part in Christmas morning. Everybody took part in Christmas day as my siblings started getting married and moving away. We always came together on this special holiday. And The other thing I remember distinctly was Christmas, Easter, and Thanksgiving were the only times that my mom pulled out the quote-unquote good china and, you know, the expensive plates and serving dishes and actual silver silverware. And um, I've shared before that when she passed and I inherited her dishes and uh, different things of my mom's, I... I used them every day until my house burnt down and I and I lost them. But the point that I'm trying to make here with Christmas is we all have our certain idealistic way of thinking of Christmas from when we were a kid. And then we try to replicate that when we have our own families. And therein is part of the issue. We are literally forcing our past onto the future, which is our children. And I, I recognize that now, having, you know, now I'm in an empty nest stage, and now I'm the Grammy, and, and I watch my children, you know, do their decorating and do their own traditions, and um, it's very interesting to me how... Many people have certain ways of of doing things, and they do it every single year. 
Um, I have friends that put up, you know, four to six Christmas trees every year in different parts of their house. I know folks that put up thousands upon thousands of lights outside and often win the um, local Christmas light competition. I know folks that have certain foods and they do that every single year. Um, but the thing is, holiday traditions are meant to build bonds, not to bring bondage. And I can remember like forcing certain foods on my kids and, and I now have children that shy away from the holidays. And to be honest, the hippie freak is, is kind of chicken to ask them, well, why don't you like the holidays? Because I might discover that it was a big stressor to them. Maybe they felt like they had to perform a certain way or participate in something that they didn't even like doing. Because this old hippie freak back in the day was trying to replicate her own childhood, trying to live vicariously um, and make it special when a lot of the holidays um, I didn't feel special. And so you try to bring to the table things that you wish you had when it's not you having them now. It's your children. And we don't take into consideration their personalities, their character traits, uh, what it is that we know that they like and more importantly, what they don't like to do. How many parents force their kids up into Santa Claus's lap to get that picture and literally traumatize their kids? How many times every year you see pictures of kids hysterical? They might have nightmares about that. And what do we parents do? Oh, we laugh it off and we were like, oh yeah, you know, tis the season to be jolly. So what I'm asking us to do is not only think about the things that we've always done, but think about recent years, say the last three years. Look back on the things that didn't work, the things that people just kind of disregarded or Maybe you could see their body language and they were like, oh man, are you reading the, the, the Christmas story, you know, the, the kids' storybook again? We're, we're grown-ass adults, mom and dad. You know, I can remember the year that I, quote-unquote, forced my tweeny grandkids at one of our gatherings to read the Christmas story out of the book of Luke. And how I could kind of feel everybody tense up. And it was awkward. Because you see, their parents, that was not a tradition that they did with their children like I did with mine. And so it was kind of like, oh, okay, let's, you know, all right, if you insist, you know, all right, mom, we'll do it. You know, but I could just feel that spirit that said, you know, mom, you're in our house and that is not something that we do. So why did you bring it up and make everybody feel awkward? It's like, ooh, wow, my bad. You know, we tend to force upon our family members what it is we want. And I'm just asking us this year to be very mindful. Notice what it is that really, really brings the joy in. 
and notice what it is that really brings in that awkward, uncomfortable feeling so that going forward, you can adjust. Then the other thing is you need to, oh, I, I love the way this quote from, uh, from, uh, it's anonymous. It's from, uh, quotes on love, quotes.lover.com. So there's no, um, author of it. But it says, there is no ideal Christmas, only the one Christmas. You decide to make as a reflection of your values, desires, affections, and traditions. Oh, it's by Bill McGibbon. So have you done that with the holidays? Do the things that you are currently doing, do they line up? With the things that you truly believe and value, do you really want the things that you have been doing to continue to be part of your Christmas? Now, kids grow up, you know, you don't go get your picture taken with Santa, you know, all the way into adulthood. You know, some people hide the little elf every year for the kid to wake up and and discover every morning and we used to do the advent calendar, and of course, so we always got the calendar that had like a treat behind the door so that, you know, the, the child that got to open the door would get the treat, and that was always a big excitement, and uh, just many, many different traditions. But you need to ask yourself if it's where you want to be this year, if it's where you want to be going forward. So look at everything that surrounds your holiday season and make yourself a little mental list, if not a physical list. What is it about the holidays that stress you out? Well, you know, I can list them right now. I mean, it was always the financial burden for me. I mean, I I spent um, just shy of 10 years as a single mom and I always struggled financially. And Christmas was, I mean, you have a house full of kids and kids notice everything. So you have to make really sure that they all have the same amount of presents until they get to the age where they understand value. And then then it's like um, they can actually understand that if they got this one big, huge present that they knew cost a couple hundred dollars, they weren't going to get a whole lot of other presents. But all of those things, it's a stressor. And when you stop and think about it, should we not be blessing each other all through the year, like randomly? And here it is, we're gifting each other. You know, it's a giving season, yes. But really, it it was the giver of life that began, didn't it? How much do we focus on the actual birth of Christ? When was the last time, or if ever, you ever actually read the birth of Christ? That could possibly be a new Christmas tradition. Beginning December 1st, now today is the 2nd, so you could play catch up, but read one chapter of the book of Luke in the Bible each evening. Maybe just you and your husband, maybe just you yourself or your entire family. And then on Christmas Eve, you will have read an entire account of Jesus's life. And you'd wake up Christmas morning actually knowing who 
and why we're celebrating this day. Think about the different traditions that men have have brought into the holiday. Have you ever researched what mistletoe is and, and why it came to be? What about the Christmas tree or the Christmas wreath or lighting candles? Do you even know why you're doing the things you're doing around this Christmas holiday? So use this time of year to bring to your consciousness the possibility and actually the probability that there are things around this season that maybe are really, really worldly and maybe they don't serve you anymore. One time, I'm 61, once in my life, I did Black Friday. And I only did it because there was a specific item for a specific child that year. And I will never, ever do that again. That was the most audacious display of greed and um, meanness I have ever witnessed in my life. I will never, ever participate in Black Friday. Now, am I condemning those people that, you know, are shop till you drop people? No, I mean, but look at everything, folks. Look at everything that you do and choose what is absolutely the best for the month of December in your household. And I just hope that as you do it, it would be a whole lot more of a basis on spirituality, on awakening, on the true meaning of the season. Because without the true meaning of the season, it, it literally just becomes a spend fest, a food fest, a competition on who has the best clothing, the best light shows, the best Christmas tree, the best wrapped presents. Do we ever think of others at Christmas? Do we ever think of those that don't have as much as you. And then the flip side of that is, who do you give to when so many are saying, man, please help me. I, I need some help. Because what is true helping? Is it just giving somebody a stack of cash and then expecting that they'll know what to do with it constructively when maybe, uh, one of those people has an addiction and maybe that money will never even be spent on the kids that you're trying to bless. Do you see what I'm saying? We need to use wisdom, knowledge, and discernment with our giving, with our finances as a whole, and with the habits and the traditions that we bring into our lives. So as you approach Christmas, I want you to be especially mindful of the stress level. I know that I used to get super stressed out about all the decorating. And why is that? Well, because I had the shreds of perfectionism of my dad. I always wanted to replicate my dad's Christmas. I had outside work and I had 
five kids and then toward the end of my parenting, often seven kids and then neighborhood kids. And I had all these plates that I was juggling. And, and then I had to figure out the time and the place and, and how I was going to do it. And it was always a massive stress. You know, and I never allowed my poor kids, man, those Christmas boxes would come out and I was just like my dad. I didn't want them to touch anything. I, I stole the joy out of Christmas by saying, don't touch, don't touch. And then I got better as I had grandkids. I always made sure I had a manger that I didn't mind that I wanted the kids to touch. You know, every decision has a ripple effect all the way into the next generation. So be mindful, be conscious, be aware of what you're choosing and keep the real reason for the season forefront and at the center stage. And you will find that you have a joyous holiday. And that is my prayer for you around the world, humanity that you would have a merry, merry Christmas free of programming and false belief. This is the Hippie Freak of the South sending out joy to the world. Peace.